Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and with me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm adjusting my audio levels because you sound like you're speaking out of a megaphone. But other than that, I'm doing oh, fantastic. We don't really have a whole lot of time to chit chat though today because we are recording, yeah, we're recording this, this late. By late, you mean yeah. last possible second to record <laughs> this. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a time. Yeah, it's been it's been a week within the game industry too, and so us kind of falling behind. This actually wasn't too bad because it got us a chance to catch up on some news okay i'll say this and we're about to get into our xbox story that's kicking us off if we had recorded this on monday when we usually record i think i would have been a lot more down on xbox (laughs) and that video but now like with a few extra days and the stuff with playstation and more things Phil Spencer said. It's not like made me feel good about it, but right. it's a thing where I'm just like, oh, okay, so I'm not as. It's like, just not as bad. It's not yeah. as bad. Like time has been good to Xbox over the last few days. Yeah, not so much the fans though. But again, Taylor, you're not on Twitter slash X, so you didn't see the discourse that I saw. <laughs> but uh... I assume it was a lot of, well, okay, I guess the journalists were all wrong. Or, no, they were, and Xbox is still going to do what they were doing a year from now. They're just pushing the can down the road. I assume it was a lot of that discourse. Some of that, and actually a lot of players asking that, oh, since Xbox is bringing a couple of their games to PlayStation, how about we get Helldivers 2? I was like, wow, you guys actually want to like trade off games? Because, man, Helldivers 2 just looks awesome. And, of course, you see PlayStation players like, yeah, that's cool. But does that mean we're going to get Gears? So it is kind of cool to see that both sides want games from one another. And I think this does drive home uh, what Phil Spencer was talking about, how exclusives are going to be less important for generations. And even PlayStation was like, yeah, we're going to do more multi-plat stuff, uh, but mostly on PC for now. So it is kind of interesting to see how the two have pretty much crossed each other. Well, you want to go ahead and just get into it? Well, Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, as always, we just want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit, and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should always take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes, even then, it might get canned in the future. Lastly, we are just two dumb idiots who love video games and love talking about video games. These are just our opinions. They do not necessarily reflect those opinions of anyone on our team or at the Nerd Stash. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything we'll discuss today, but please... Just try to remain respectful. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week, which is the Xbox business update, or how I think it was phrased was an update on the Xbox business. So I'd say 
for about three or so weeks, we heard nonstop about Xbox's uncertain future. But out in the distance, there was a beacon of light. Phil Spencer announced that there would be an update on the Xbox business via an official Xbox podcast episode with Spencer and others on it to clear the air, so to speak. Let's get... Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Michael. I was going to go ahead and read out a bunch of quotes from this thing, but by the time this episode goes out, I believe it would be in about a week since this podcast dropped. So I assume if you're listening to a podcast like this, then you've probably read these quotes yourself or heard about these quotes yourself or gotten it from somewhere. So we're not going to go through the eight paragraphs, but we are going to talk about this showcase here. This little 22-minute showing that probably could have been about 10 minutes at most, considering what they actually had to say. Uh, Yeah. Michael, like I said at the top of the podcast, I think if this was, if we recorded this Monday, I would have been really down on Xbox. Been like, oh man, they didn't really say anything. Yeah, sure, they said that. Uh, I do have a quote here in bold here from Phil Spencer because I wanted to make a note of it. He said, just four games are going multi-platform, not a change to our kind of fundamental exclusive strategy. He said that directly. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like, oh yeah, Xbox is... You're paraphrasing? Yeah, I'm not, he's, that's a direct yeah. quote. However, if you actually listen to the entire 22 minutes, it was a weird vibe you got to where I was getting mixed signals the entire 22 minutes because there would be like, oh, yeah, we just want to get our game into as many hands as possible. And we want, and this was not said in the showcase either, but this was also said later on, stuff about like every screen can be an an Xbox is the long-term goal. And it's stuff like that that feels contradictory to what was said here in this 22-minute showcase. So I don't really know what to take from this other than Xbox kind of what I guess I was saying earlier with the discourse. To me, it kind of does feel like they're just like, we're going to kick this can down the road. Let's see what the reactions are to it. Let's see what the sales are to these four games that we now know uh, Xbox has officially confirmed it. Uh, Those four games are Sea of Thieves, Pentiment, um, grounded, grounded, and Hi-Fi Rush, and Hi-Fi Rush. Yep, those which were you and I games. were both hoping was, yeah, you and I were both hoping Hi-Fi Rush was going to be multi-platform because that seems like a game that should be multi-platform. To be honest, again, it, to me, I got the feeling that this was more of kicking that can down the road. Let's come back to this in a year and see how those exclusives or previous exclusives worked on the other platforms. Yeah, I think what they're seeing with that at least is some of our more medium range games, our Hi-Fi Rush, our live service games like uh, Sea of Thieves. I can see those kind of being like, okay, those are going to be our multi-platforms. But when it comes to our exclusives, our big ones, because Phil said before, uh, they want some of the biggest games in the world to be on Xbox. They want to be exclusive. So the Call of Duties and the Halos. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty is going to remain multi-platform, but Halo will still be a PC and Xbox deal. And I could see them doing something small, like maybe Halo Wars on PlayStation and uh, 
in a Nintendo console, maybe just to, or or like Halo Fire Team. I can see something like that kind of being a thing. Seeing how Fire Team can be a live service, uh, multiplayer, uh, cross platform, cross save kind of deal. Uh, but when they say something like, "Oh, we want every screen to be an Xbox," I think what they're saying that is like their dedication to the cloud services. You know, they want your tablet to be an Xbox console. They want your PC to be an Xbox console. They want your phone and your TV to be an Xbox console. Hell, they want your VR headset to be an Xbox console because now on Meta Quest 2 and 3, you can actually download the uh, uh, Game Pass, uh, the xCloud on your uh, on your headset and play it from there. And with Apple now opening up their system to uh, more developers and more publishers, uh, thanks, excuse me, thanks to the EU, uh, one day we could probably see uh, Game Pass on the apple vision pro uh so that's i i know where they're coming from when they say that they want every screen to be xbox because they're really dedicated to the cloud uh but what confuses me is like you said when everybody was talking they each seem to have like a slightly different message and their communication skills just so weird because phil was going on about how yeah we want everything multi-platform or that we want to focus on multi-platform but we'll still have some big exclusives and then you have someone like Sarah uh, come on, like, you know, we're going to keep pushing with Game Pass. We're going to keep making some of the best games. She's like, you guys are saying a whole lot of nothing while also repeating one another. And that is amazing how you guys are capable of pulling that off. Yeah, that's the main thing for me. And it's not because we sat here for a week and went like, oh, man, the Xbox's future is uncertain. And we had that whole show where we talked about them going potentially multi-platform. It's not because like they didn't announce it. Both of us didn't want that to happen. It's just that this came through, like this update, and it felt like when it was over, at least for me, I don't know how it was for you, I was just like, that really was a 22-minute video that could have been an email. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what was said here that was hugely important, other than four games are yeah. going to other platforms, and Diablo 4 is going to Game Pass. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. They could have saved that for like after Nintendo's uh, direct, and it could be like uh, earlier today we announced that these games are coming to Nintendo, and we'd like to announce that these games also come to PlayStation. Like that could have been a quick video. It could have been Phil just standing in front of a well, microphone. They had to say something because of I, again, I'm not on social media, but I imagine it was going insane on social media. Well, the thing is, is, is the way they did it. They put it as this big Xbox presentation. Like, oh yeah, it's going to be on a special Xbox podcast episode. And it's like, okay, that means they're actually going to talk about something. It's going to be the podcast team talking to Phil and company about what's coming next. Yeah, and it's exactly what we say. And not to interrupt you, but it's exactly yeah. what we say about Phil Spencer. I think the main reason both of us are disappointed by this uh, update on the business is because it felt like we got robot Phil. Instead of gamer Phil, <laughs> uh, and if yeah. anybody listening doesn't know, it's been like a long running thing with both of us. Where we like Phil Spencer, and we think he comes across as somebody who actually does play and love video games, but he also sometimes sounds like he's a walking teleprompter. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> at these uh, shows, and I think this was a time where we needed gamer Phil to talk. And yeah, instead, Matt Booty, Sarah Bond, and Phil Spencer all came across as robots. 
Yeah, I would say Sarah had some energy to her. Like she really believed in what she was saying. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. But Sarah, you're not saying anything. No, all three of them didn't say anything to me. And granted, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that also looking at quotes that are definite, like this is not a change to our strategy. But it's just the it's the tone of voice that's telling you, like, you're telling me one thing. But the way you're saying it, why are you saying it like that? You're, <laughs> you're making it seem like a year from now you could say something different and be like, well, you know, things change. Yeah, they're trying to play it safe with their speech. And it just comes off as so fake and, and PR. It's like, okay, you guys obviously have something you want to say. You have plans. But for some reason, you're doing these presentations where you can't talk about those plans, but you want to assure us that you have a plan. That's, some, that's something somebody without a plan would try to do. But we know you guys have a plan. So if you're going to do these presentations, then do the presentation and tell us the plan. Like, why? We're, I get it. We're not shareholders. So you're probably not telling us everything. But, like, if you're going to do this presentation, give us something. Tell us something. Uh, Diablo 4 coming to uh, Game Pass. Okay, that's cool. You could have led with that and just did a big presentation on Diablo 4. It's coming to Game Pass. Maybe there'll be some Xbox uh, perks in there, or Game Pass perks in there. Maybe, you know, it's going to be, oh, we're going to bring in a brand new season and it's going to be a big deal and it's coming to Game Pass so you can play the brand new season on Game Pass. Instead, it was like, yeah, we're bringing Diablo 4 to Game Pass. Okay. And the way they announced it was so nonchalant. There's like, yeah, Game Pass is going to be great. By the way, Diablo 4 is coming. And we got all this stuff. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're just going to kind of skim over the whole Diablo 4 is coming. Because everybody's been ask, asking about Activision Blizzard. When are more Activision Blizzard games come to, to Game Pass? When is Crash Bandicoot coming to Game Pass? When is Call of Duty coming to Game Pass? Diablo, Overwatch, World of Warcraft even. Starcraft, like for PC, like when do we get all these things? And Xbox just keeps saying they're coming. I think Phil Spencer yeah, in a yeah. recent interview just said something like, uh, I don't have the exact quote here. Oh, he's, yeah, he's saying that they're still up. working on it. Yeah, they're still working on it or something more paraphrasing there. But yeah, I was just reading an interview about that. Like the plan is for all these games to come to Game Pass. And I agree with you, man. It's a thing where it's like, yeah, we know. We know you want that to happen, but you've been saying that for a long time. Yeah, he was talking about how they were still working on backwards compatibilities of the old, uh, the old Call of Duty games, uh, to bring them to Game Pass. So I think they're kind of just running into a technical thing, more than legal thing. I think. Yeah, I'm. That makes sense considering now they own it. I don't know what legal problems they'd have at this point. Since I own Activision Blizzard, but I mean, well, they still have to do stuff like uh, uh, what what is it? I almost said Renaissance, but it's not Renaissance. Uh, they still have to like pay people when they start using like their likeness and you know their voices and stuff. Residuals. There we go. So they still got to deal with residuals. So I think that <laughs> they got to deal with the Renaissance one thing. <laughs> the renaissance of call of duty <laughs> no, i wish i was a renaissance yeah, of call of duty but is that what you really want call of duty knights and hammers <laughs> god that would hey that'd be kind of cool it'd be different <laughs> we, yeah, we can all agree on that it'd be different but <laughs> yeah. i want to talk about this quote here because the host of the show uh tina meanie was asking all the questions to 
Sarah Bond, Matt Booty, and Phil Spencer. And there's a quote here when Amini asked Spencer what the criteria were for these four games that would be coming to other platforms. I'm not going to read the whole thing out because then he goes into what the four games, why they picked them, and all that stuff. I'm just going to read this little snippet here. Here's what Spencer said, quote, And I do have a fundamental belief that over the next five or ten years, exclusive games, games that are exclusive to one piece of hardware, are going to be a smaller and smaller part of the gaming industry. And that's not some great insight, because if you look at the last ten years and what the biggest games are today, it's a natural place, whether it's one console and PC, multiple consoles, mobile console and PC, you see big games landing on multiple platforms. And we want to be a great platform for creators that are trying to realize that potential. End quote. I find that very inter- and very intriguing. Initially, I would have thought, Xbox, you guys are just full of it. You're chasing another trend. Stop doing this. Y'all, it always bites you in the ass. Then there was a, a few reports that came out the other day, Michael. I don't know if you saw this about PlayStation. That Sony's value reportedly dropped by $10 billion following disappointing PlayStation financials. I'm reading a headline here from VGC. Uh, yeah, uh, that came after they noticed that the PlayStation 5 isn't selling as much as they wanted to. And I think they even readjusted how many uh, PS5s they'll be selling within the quarter or the next year. And I find now that quote from Spencer less of them chasing a trend and more like, you know what? You might actually be onto something. Yeah, and I'm afraid this is one of the things where Xbox slash Microsoft is ahead of the game like they were with Kinect and Xbox DRM and Xbox Live and all that, where sometimes they just they're so ahead of themselves that they do something first and it fails and everybody else learns from it. And I think uh, when it comes to PlayStation, they thought with Xbox screwing up so bad with the Xbox One reveal and Xbox One and Series S and X kind of suffering from that. Uh, I kind of felt like maybe they thought like they were top bill. And while more people were talking about PlayStation 5, you know, PlayStation 5, um, I think they kind of underestimated how many people don't mind all that power and really wanted an S or even a Switch because the Switch is still selling. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's really more of they uh, shot and sort of missed with PlayStation VR 2. I don't think the VR 2 sold as well as they were hoping for. I think it's more of a thing where... It is a, it's a generational problem and less so of a, I don't think it's just one thing is my point. I think it's a thing where, yeah, the VRs have not sold as well and they just have not taken off to the level that we thought they would. Uh, And then there's a thing where I, I go, the Series X and PS5 are by far the best pieces of technology in the console market. They are fantastic consoles. For some reason, both companies are not using that technology to their advantage. Yes, yeah, so weird that <laughs> that's so many. Well, uh, I, now this is rumored. Now it's, it's not confirmed. Sony hasn't said anything. But uh, apparently, you know, PlayStation is working. PlayStation and Xbox are working on their own uh, uh, DSR uh, type of uh, machine learning 
for resolution stuff on their consoles. So that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, with PlayStation working with AMD, you know, they got FSR. Uh, so they could begin FSR or, or next generation FSR or their own version of SSR on the next PlayStation or even update it for PlayStation 5. So it is kind of strange to see uh, that these console makers, they are putting money in and investing these kind of things. Xbox, uh, Microsoft has been putting so much money in research and development for ray tracing, their own version of ray tracing. And now PlayStation is doing their own uh, resolution sampling uh, style of tech. So it's really, it's really strange and cool at the same time to see that these console makers are pouring money into these investments just for them to turn around and say that, yeah, it didn't do what we were hoping for. And it does make you kind of wonder, is there a future for consoles? Like for, for them to bring out a new console every, what, six to eight years, 10 years? Like, Yeah, there's already rumors out there about like, when is the next Xbox going to be? When's the next PlayStation? Like, we are... Yeah. And granted, the PS5 and Series X slash S came out in 2020, but considering what 2020 was, really, you kind of got to add a few mm -hmm. years to that generation of consoles, and it feels like the gaming industry and these two major platforms in particular are ready to move on, ready to get on to this. They want to be like iPhones. Where it's, hey, we got a new generation, new generation, yeah. come on, you got to get the best one. This is the best one. And like you said, there's a change in generation. Like when you and I were getting older and getting games, like, yeah, you were excited from Xbox to 360. Yeah, you, was, you were crazy for PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 because they were making some pretty cool advancements. But now I think we kind of hit that curve to where you really got to do something special to stand out. And to this point, not even a PC is really doing anything that special to stand out. Like, yeah, we have Unreal Engine 5, but nobody's really utilizing it too well yet because it's still new. Yeah, ray tracing is kind of cool, but it's still so taxing that many developers aren't really using it to its full potential. And it's going to be the same thing with consoles. The PlayStation 5 and the Series X is capable of doing ray tracing, but you don't really see a whole lot of games actually using that. Like you said, they're not using these machines to their full potential. So it comes down to like this generation of, are we ready to move on? Companies, absolutely, yeah, sure. They'd love to make, uh, charge you another five hundred dollars for a console. Oh, I wasn't even talking in terms of generation of people. I was talking of the gaming consoles. For, okay, the, the game. Well, for me, I think it's that people aren't going to want, aren't going to be ready to move to X two or the PlayStation six. Uh, like you said, twenty twenty was a wild year from what happened. So you do have to add a couple years in that. Twenty twenty eight. It may not even be the best time to release a console. Like, I hate to say it, but you might have to give yourselves a little more time than that. Of course, me, I'm going to be the guy who does get a PlayStation 6 and the Xbox Series X2, whatever it's going to be called. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think the technology is there. Cause like you said, we haven't even used the full potential of this generation on either console or PC. Would you attribute any of the, drop in sales of consoles because it's not like oh because playstation is down that must mean xbox is doing well seems that xbox isn't doing too well either like this is a thing where just consoles in general if you're not the nintendo switch <laughs> you're not doing pretty good uh console sales wise yeah if you're if you're not the switch yeah if you're, if you're not the switch or the steam deck um your sales aren't going to impress anybody <laughs> Do you think you could attribute some of that blame to wanting to stick with the older generation of consoles? 
because they have refused to let the Xbox One die. They've refused to let the PS4 die. And I yeah. think at this point, and we talked about this months ago, like when is it time to give up on those previous consoles and move on? Like we got to move on here or yeah. gaming is not going to improve because you're not going to be able to use the technology you have with the PS5 and the Series X. And and we brought it up in reference to the Series S. Uh, so oh, yeah. The, it wasn't even <laughs> yeah. talking about last gen. That, everybody was making a big fuss about the Series S. And we were just sitting there going like, yep. well, they haven't let go of the PS4 and Xbox One yet. So we got to do that first before we talk about getting rid of the Series S. And, and so I, I basically like, do you, would you attribute some of that blame to that unwillingness? to let the previous generation of consoles go? To be honest, not really, because I think uh, a lot of businesses, they know that uh, after 2020, after the whole pandemic, I'm sorry, but not everybody has expendable funds like we did before. And yeah, they are going to hold on to their previous generation. They're going to wait for the Series X and the PlayStation 5 to come down in price, to be honest. So when we do move to the PS6 and the Series X2, uh, there's going to be people who would just be picking up a PS5. The problem continues, is my point. It just, we move on to where the people who could afford it they're not gonna are going to get the on. PS6 and whatever the Xbox is. It's going to be another convoluted fucking name. And yeah. they're going to be divided up into like three or four consoles, probably. <laughs> and then we're going to have yeah. the people who were with the Xbox One and PS4 being like, we can finally get the new consoles. What do you mean they got newer ones? Yeah. Well, the thing is, they know that they're going to, for the, for the first, what, two, three years, uh, a lot of games are going to keep coming for the Series X and the PS5 when the new ones come out. So they're not really missing out on anything. And there's still people who are playing the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And Sony and Microsoft hasn't given up on those consoles uh, because there are still games being released on the Xbox One. I mean, uh, yeah, the Xbox One. And there are still games released on the P- PlayStation 4. Now, they're not the big heavy hitters like Mortal Kombat or like Tekken 8, uh, but you're still getting plenty of games out there for them because they're still out there. Not everybody's getting a PlayStation 5 and a Series X. So, uh, yeah, I do think that's actually uh, what you were alluding at. It is going to be a problem for the next generation of consoles, too. Once people go to the PS6 and Series X, too, those old people from the 1 and PS4 days are going to be moving up to the PS5 and Series X. Yeah, it's just a thing where it's it's tough, man, because you're right. Money, everybody's strapped for cash these days, including myself, by the way. <laughs> Everything's just getting so freaking expensive. Uh, and you're sitting over here with a fantastic... I'm not saying, like, you're rich as hell or something, but you were telling me, like, your new setup. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, how much is it? And you said, like, oh, it's about 400 bucks. It's like, fuck, that's... I'm glad you got it, but <laughs> I ain't got that cash. Actually, I didn't tell you this. Uh, granted, I found uh, the same setup for like $200 cheaper on the actual website. So I bought that instead and then sent back. Well, yeah, I sent back the old one to get my 400 back instead. Yeah, so, the so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely doing that instead. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't help that I also use my credit card. I didn't have $400 on so, it like that. But I, I bring all that up to basically be like, it's not like we're sitting here going, Oh, look at us. We could afford all this. Oh, yeah, yeah we're rich. Is thing? Yeah, like, we... we get it. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Like, everybody's strapped for cash these days. 
and it's tough to be like, oh, spend five hundred dollars on this new console. On this new console, yeah, and that's the reason I don't have a PSVR two yet. So I was like, gosh, Lee, man, I'm not spending basically a whole new console just to get the PSVR two, which still needs my P- PlayStation five in order to work. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I wanted to get the MetaQuest three, but I was like, I barely use my MetaQuest two. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that nonsense. And VR wasn't that great anyway. And yeah, man, it took it takes so long for anybody to get what they want, especially since games are going to be seventy dollars now. Yeah, man. I've I've talked about this in the past on this podcast. I hate the seventy dollar price tag. I still haven't played Spider Man two yet, and I really want to. I missed out on God of War Ragnarok until it went on sale, and so like people like me. Well, I'm sorry, we're going to wait for sales for a lot of these games. Like, I, I can't justify $70. I did it once with Ratchet and Clank. And even then, I was like, yeah, I probably should have got this on sale. So the, the way these consoles and stuff is going up, I, I expect more and more people to wait before they get the next new bright and shiny console. Let's go ahead and get out of here, Michael. Sorry again, listeners, for the short episode. We had to do it just because we're recording so dang late. Michael, what you playing? Uh, I am playing uh, a game that I'm reviewing that I can't talk about just yet. But I was also and Taylor. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. Um, but I just finished with shit. What was it called? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I feel stupid. Uh, Trapped in Limbo uh, is, is the Atomic Heart DLC. So I was playing a little bit of Atomic Heart for a while. Trapped in Limbo, I did a review for that one. Uh, wait, Taylor, did you ever play Atomic Heart? I have it. Okay. Um, well, Trapped in Limbo, you know those surfing games that people did with the uh, Counter-Strike engine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trapped in Limbo was that. It was just those surfing games. It was part platform with some combat arena. I give it a solid 7 out of 10. It's not bad, but it's definitely a, a DLC you can skip over, even though the story itself takes place after one of the end, one of the two endings uh, that Atomic Heart uh, ended on. And honestly, Trapped in Limbo feels so empty story-wise. It just felt like they had a bunch of ideas for mini-games, and they just made it into one big DLC. And uh, spoiler alert for the ending of Trapped in Limbo, and it's not much of a spoiler because it's just really stupid. The last level, well, the second to last level is just uh, what's it? Subway Surfers. It, it, it went from a surfing game to Subway Surfers where it was in this runner. And it's just, it was, it, it, it didn't work for me. So it was a solid 7 out of 10. But uh, yeah, I played Atomic Heart Trapped in Limbo. Nice. As for me, I am playing what I've been playing for the past few weeks. <laughs> still, still addicted, addicted to Power World. Still playing Power <laughs> World. I've yet to get to level 50. Um, mainly because I'm just doing stuff that doesn't get me leveled up as quickly as possible. Best way to get leveled up in the game is just capture pals. Get 10 of each and you'll get a XP bonus the first time you hit the 10th. So I'm trying to grind my way to level 50. But it's been a lot of fun. But let's get out of here, Michael. What you working on and where can people find you? Yes, as I've mentioned before, I am working on a new review. Uh, This one is for a game called 
now I have to be careful here because I don't know how to say this. The thaumaturge. The thaumaturge. I will learn how to say it properly before my review because I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear it plenty of times uh, as the game goes on. But I am working on that. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. And you can find me on Twitter slash X at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. How about you, Taylor? What are you working on and where can we find you? Not working on a whole lot other than these podcasts here. You can find me in our Discord, link for which is in the description of this episode. Lastly, I want to say check out thenerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. Whether it's lists, guides, reviews, Whatever you need, you can find it over at thenerdstash.com. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode with hopefully a lot more gaming news. (laughs) 